0: Face anime. When we did sync checks, we were doing claps, but Gop used push to talk, so he slapped himself in the face. Uh, whatever just to works. start off with. That's whatever works. You know, I just wanted everyone to know we all make sacrifices for, for the, the art, podcast. Yeah. And I don't know. <laughs> Gop was his bad. beautiful face. <laughs> what? I actually liked it a little bit. So no, hey, but uh, <laughs> so hey, everybody, how's it going? Uh, today was episode uh, twenty-eight to thirty-two, I believe. Correct. Mm-hmm. Alright, and, um, I don't know if it was as bombastic as our last set of episodes, which is fine, because we're starting up with a new season, I believe, or like a new set of OVAs or something something like that. Yeah, Yeah, something along those lines, yeah. So, well... Shall we get to it? There's a lot of political intrigue in the, mm-hmm. in these ones. A lot. There's a whole lot of cloak and dagger. Yeah, we're, uh, there,
1: there was there was not much of the way of space battles compared to the
2: norm, but there was a lot of word wars where nobody listens anymore. Yeah, the pendulum has swung to the political aspect of the show right now. So there's a lot of talk about mm-hmm. a lot of people talking. That was a uh, music reference. <laughs> Uh, episode twenty eight. Yeah, episode twenty eight starts with a guy named uh, Oppenheimer. He is uh trying to get his job back. He used to be the chief of police, but then uh, yeah, or Reinhardt took over. So he's talking with Reinhardt. He's asking for his job back, and he brings uh Reinhardt some art, um some pretty art. Apparently, to try to bribe well, the his messed up thing.
0: The messed up thing is specifically is I think Reinhardt was like already on board with it and fine with it. He was like, "Yeah, man, sure, you can be chief of police. Like you weren't." You know, maybe the best in the world, but you did your job and I'm not here to overthrow everybody and be a big dick. And then the chief of police was like, Oh, okay, well, thanks. I brought you something to, you know, consider. It just something like he already had it, but he like was so. He went into hard for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he,
1: was he, was, well, he was so
0: it almost seemed like he was just so used to the old way of doing things where this kind of stuff was expected, right? Yeah. Like you came to the emperor, you had a gift in hand, and that ain't how ryan does shit so as soon as he's just like well here i brought this painting and he's like are you trying to bribe me like you already got it are you seriously bribing me at this point like you're the chief of police man you know that's illegal right and then he's like all right well fuck this guy kessler hey, come arrest
2: this shitbag. Oh, All yeah, right, Kessler, well, you're also the chief of police now.
0: Yeah, also, he's like, he's like also, congrats, you're the chief of police too now, because fuck this guy. Like, if he's going to try and bribe me, who bribes me after they already won anyway? What an idiot. All right, Yeah, well.
2: and Kessler was like, I, I don't really know what I'm doing at chief of police. It's like, oh, you'll do fine. Just just go do it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, how hard can it be if this dipshit did it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, Reinhardt is uh, very st- not straight laced, but he's very uh, focused on reforming a lot of stuff in the government right now. Um, he's been gathering a lot of top talent from people, even if they were former enemies, because he recognizes that talent is the only way that's going to be make them make the nation a better place. Um, mm-hmm. So the story goes on, and it shows that uh, since Kilkei has died, uh, Rutenthal and Mittenmeyer are now uh, the two top generals underneath uh, Reinhardt. They're called like the Twin Stars or something stupid like that. Uh, we see some flashbacks for the two of them to get some more backstory. Uh, Mittenmeyer apparently has a distant coven named Evangela. Uh, she, uh, guess, had her parents die or something. They were living with Mittenmeyer and his parents or whatever. Um, they, uh, kind of meet, um, uh, sorry. Yeah. Rubenthal and Mittenmeyer meet, uh, by punching dudes, which is funny, but, um, I guess they're, yeah. like, exact opposites when it comes to love because Mittenmeyer is very kind and caring and all that and Ruenthal is more of a sour when it comes to women. Um, it shows Mittenmeyer yeah. marrying his uh, – or p- proposing to Evangela and his father's hiding behind a bush in the yeah. garden. It's really his silly father's just like, don't fuck it up.
0: <laughs> and, then, and it does seem like Ruenthal is, like, kind of a lady killer regardless. He just, yeah, has no interest in, like, a romantic – to be specific. It's not that just, like – he's terrible with women it's just he has like no interest in a long-term romantic thing yeah and it shows it seems that like while yeah. Nick
2: Meyer had a pretty normal upbringing all um Rutenthal's upbringing kind of sucked because he thought his mom was like a gold digger and it was in an affair and his mother eventually killed herself and his father became a drunkard and blamed him for it mom tried to stab his uh, stab his eye out yeah when <clears throat> he had a child it was all he had a fucked up upbringing so mm-hmm. he doesn't really trust women all yeah. that much To
0: be specific, Ruenthal has two different colored eyes, and um, the nobles have no concept of how genetics actually work, so (laughs) in response to having two different colored eyes, it was like, I think both of the parents, or both of his, like, you know, his mom and his legally wed, you know, dad were, um, you know, both blue-eyed, and then the guy in the affair had brown eyes, so she was just, like, getting ready to stab out his brown eye or something like that, and it's like nobles yeah <laughs> when the, the will they walks learn? in the
1: room it's just like what the fuck are you doing
2: and she's like oh why am i trying to stab my baby's eye out oh no yeah it's like no one has like i don't know dna tests or anything in the future like it'd be pretty easy but <laughs> anyway know. the whole deal was to show their backstories and like show you their- would
0: think the empire who had like a you know whole whole little thing Hagenics. with genetics there yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they had a little bit of a little genetics obsession there, it sounded like. A little bit of inferior gene thing going on. So it seems like they would, at the very least, have genetics
2: tests to prove, like, paternity. (laughs) Yeah. So despite the fact that they have very different upbringings and outlooks on life, it shows that they are very good friends, um, and they do love punching people together. So, you know, friends that stay together, etc., uh, we get a scene of a new guy whose name is uh, Shaft, which is a great name. Mm-hmm. Himmler von Shaft. He looks kind of like Stalin. He's got a terrible mustache. I mean, he, like, looks a like, he looks like a bald
1: mark. Stalin in his later years, yeah. not in his young years.
0: No, no. He looks like Dollar Robes Staldnick. He looks like <laughs> a mix between Dr. Robotnik and Stalin is yeah. what I'm getting at. He is, he's pretty eggy. He's got a bit of an Eggman going on. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, I guess he wasn't that great of an admiral, so they kind of like shuffled him over to the science and tech department. Um, Even then, and- it
1: sounds like he's he had like they didn't they say he was like responsible for the Zephyr particle or something like that. Yeah, that well, they said like it? he did full- directional, directional, directional Zephyr, Zephyr,
2: Zephyr particles. Ah, right, yeah, that's it. it was like
0: directional Zephyr particles, anyway, like since they've never mentioned that specifically in combat so far, I think it's not maybe a terribly useful thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm
2: but I think it was like Mitt and Meyer was talking about like he's been kind of sitting around doing nothing for the last couple of years so Reinhardt was kind of uh, angry at not angry at him but like eager to see what he was going to contribute to his new kingdom um, so Shaft was saying like he figured out a way to get Iselhorn back from the Free Planet Alliance and he figured out that the best way to do this was to build another big fortress and just have them fight each other because he's a child or something <laughs> But uh, his plan, eventually, uh, you come to find out that his plan was to put giant warp engines on Geisberg Fortress and warp it out to Izzlehorn and then have them have a huge duel or something. And,
0: and have it—it it was twelve warp engines that all needed to be perfectly synchronized because obviously, when you're accelerating shit to the speed of you know light or whatever, faster than light or whatever it is, uh, you have, everything has to be just right, or else you're going to start spinning this orb and it's just going to shred itself to pieces. Like there, you know, there's some kind of logistical problem that when this is first suggested, everyone kind of is like, "Mm, bullshit, you can't do that. Like, that will absolutely not work. And he's just kind of like, no, 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 check this out, check this out. So, like, it's kind of... Um, it, it seems like it's a little bit of a like payoff for Ryan having some faith in in him, like this bold plan. At the very least, yeah. it's like okay, so this guy was just bored under the Last Empire because there was no
2: like no one wanted science. Well, Ryan's judgment was wrong because it wasn't Shaft that came up with the plan, but Rubinsky actually kind of leaked the info to him. And, well, uh, I really like
1: oh. I kind of like how the whole exchange would play out with less context because he comes over to Reinhardt and he's like, "Dude, we could just." Build another giant Death Star thing. like, oh, well, that takes a lot of resources. Yeah, but if we make one, we can make it move around. It'll be awesome. Yes, but we need to build another one. That's a lot of resources. We already have one. Just just tape rockets to Geisberg. <laughs> hmm, this is a good idea.
2: <laughs> yeah, but uh, we see that it was Rubinsky instead who came up with the information. Yeah. For this because he wants the yeah. Empire to conquer the galaxy. Um, he's talking with his mob lawyer, who I guess I found his name someplace in here. I wrote it down earlier. It was Rupert Kessler. <laughs> I love the eternal like. Oh, I swear I'm gonna remember this dude's name. There's this like hundred people on this sheet I'm looking at. But um, <laughs> I
0: just love that the. the it, it's it's the old. It's always the same guy. It's always this
2: dude that you're yeah, like. Oh, lawyer. his
0: name is shit. The mob lawyer. Yeah. yeah.
2: So. um Bob Lawyer and and uh, Rubinsky were talking and they figure that in order for Iselhorn to fall, not only do they have to give the Galactic Empire uh, you know, Geisberg Fortress 2.0, but they also need to get Yang away from Iselhorn. And so um, they uh, have some plans in the works to do that. So um, there's some scenes about uh, a whole lot M- Muller, and Bitten talking about Reinhardt, Oberstein, and Strait and how, like, they like that Ryan is being fair with how they he picks people in charge of governments and stuff, um, mm-hmm. but they were wondering about Stripe being a former uh, enemy of him if they're going to if he's going to you know behave and work out in the long run that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. They also, uh, when talking, come up with a <clears throat> hear a weird rumor that uh, Oberstein has a hobby in that he likes dogs, and everybody thought that yeah. was kind of strange because his dog is like a, is a huge snob. <laughs> Yeah,
0: apparently his dog will like only eat like the finest of steaks, and so Oberstein <laughs> just like sneaks out every night to go buy steaks for his dog. Was like, it like
1: boiled chicken? Is what they said it was.
0: It was a boiled chicken. Yeah, yeah it was, it was so- like an entire boiled chicken, mm-hmm. and apparently, like people just noticed him like sneaking off at night because you know he's like an important person. So if people see that, they're gonna mention it, and also he's pretty identifiable. Um, but yeah, they just noted, like, he keeps sneaking off at night and coming back, and he smells like a weird chicken, it's <laughs> fucked up, and everyone's just like, oh, yeah, no, he's buying chickens for his dog. Caught him inside
1: what the, the fu- Walmart at 3am chi- last night, he's wearing a robe and slippers, he was buying a whole bunch of chicken, it was like, overstock. styling yeah, what all are sad. you doing, There's man? Only- uh, it's, nothing. It's
2: smart, because they're on Chef Special then, so... <laughs> <laughs> Look, anyway, they all gone by 5am, I don't know why. The, uh, last scene is, uh, Reinhardt talking with, uh... Who's he, who he talking to? Um, he was Froylin. Pildegard, yeah. um, sorry. Um, he mm-hmm. was saying that he's on board with the attacking of Izzelhorn Fortress and with Plan and everything, but she is trying to ask him why he's not more focused on reforming internal stuff because it's going really well for him and it's helping the Empire out a lot because nobles used to not care about all that shit, but now that he's doing that, it's, you know, helping everybody. But um, he has a obsession with trying to get Izzelhorn back and defeating Yang and all that, so... Yeah, we see
0: his first kind of, maybe not his first by any means, but like a, a big piece of like a mental crack, like a bit of hubris mm-hmm. that's probably going to end up biting him real hard. Like just obsessing with, I lost to Yang, this is unacceptable, as opposed to doing what he is doing, re- again, really well. Like Hilda very specifically is like, everything's kicking ass around here, you want to just keep kicking ass around here? Like, we, this is great. Yeah, she sees <laughs> like, it as loves it. his
2: like, obsession is going to sow more seeds of the scent in the nation she doesn't want that to happen Mm -hmm. Um, episode 29 starts out with a whole bunch of stuff about fazan fazan it is not technically a nation but a part of administrative block of the galactic empire but since they have the all-important choke point between the two places they're given more leniency of what they can do because of trade and all that stuff um, mm-hmm. it's also casually dropped that uh not many people know but the Earth Church actually controls the entire government administration part of Fazan. Um Rubinsky's yeah. position was given the, by the bishop of the Earth Church and he kind of owes the bishop a bit. So
0: Yeah, like they the the bishop meets him and what was his name Bishop Digsby? Diggs, Diggsby, yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um <laughs> But, yeah, and he's he's kind of giving him the whole rundown of, like, you know, you only have this job because of me, don't you forget it, blah, blah, blah. But, like, oh. clearly Rubinsky is really good, is the thing. Yeah. Like, Rubinsky has clearly been shown, like, he's incredible at dealing with economies. The man is pulling strings on three economies at once, so pretty good, Rubinsky, uh, coming up with plans to, like, help the Galactic Empire you know run shit managing to sell these fucking artemis necklaces despite the fact they've been blown up twice like the dude is on the move so it's it's not i just think it's important to point out this one feels less like a you knew the right person or your sister was hot or whatever and portray this
2: is rubinsky knows what he's doing
0: rubinsky is incredibly competent Yeah. yeah like he he is a mastermind that is actually doing a
2: pretty fucking good job
0: like even if he's a real piece of shit he's he's
2: getting it so there is that so we learned that uh previously we had seen that rubinski and fazan want the galactic part of the win but now we know why they want to do it because the bishop is talking with them during the scene um they want they they realize that fazan's uh, richness and the the way the reason they have all this money is because of they being the choke point between the two factions. And they realize that if one of the two factions goes all the way and wins everything, they're not going to be important anymore. So what they want to do is they want the Galactic Empire to conquer Izzahorn, beat the Free Planet Alliance, and then they just plan on assassinating Reinhardt. to throw everything back in the disarray again. Because they like the status quo. Um, mm-hmm. The bishop thinks that the uh, plan is short-sighted um, because they think Oberstein is going to get in the way and they knew that Oberstein is very crafty about this sort of stuff. But Rubinsky points out that he, this is going to be quite easy because he essentially runs the Free Planet Alliance economy. I guess the FPA has a lot of loans out it's, that he can call Yeah, in. They,
0: they they explain that, or at least if I remember correctly, there's like a short scene of him talking to a few people or his lawyer talking to people and just kind of being like, hey, so we need you to do this, or it's like, hey, we need you to pay back that uh, 500 billion you owe us, like... Like, right now. (laughs) How about 20 minutes from now? He's like, we can't do that, that's impossible. He's like, alright then, how about you do us a favor instead? So he basically just, you know, kind of shows that, like, they have loaned out so much money that they now are able to shark the entire fucking galaxy or at least the entire full free planet alliance yeah they
2: could just go fucking run shit like oh it's ridiculous so he the bishop leaves uh he starts talking to uh rupert the mob lawyer again um they have a discussion about how uh rubinsky hates the bishop and he thinks that religions and governments shouldn't mix and uh I think it was Mob Lawyer who points out that the they make a Roman reference where when the Romans fell, the Christians stepped in and kind of took over Rome. And uh, Rubinsky said that.
0: He mentioned specifically that it was like they won over the minds of the people at the top as opposed to, you know, winning the
2: battles on the ground. Yeah. And they also made some crusader references saying that, like, you know, religious extremism will go too far in some circumstances. And Rubinsky was careful about not falling into that. Mm-hmm. Um we go to uh, the fruit alliance side uh first off uh julian's cat is attacking a roomba which i thought was very apt it it
0: is maybe the best future call like the best accidental future call you know everyone's trying to do like holographic phones and shit this is just a little automated robot scooting around on the ground now it's a it's a box but it's an adorable box and i wish roombas looked like that to a certain extent so they wouldn't fit under like couches yeah. and shit yeah, we, but uh, yeah, it's just a cat attacking... It's literally just a cat attacking a Roomba a, at least a good 20 or 30 years before the concept of Roomba's, Roomba's existing, what's yeah. real. <laughs> um,
2: the purpose of this scene is to show that uh, Julian is now a Master Sergeant. He got promoted. Um, there's a flashback of him where he meets Yang. Um, I guess he was assigned to Yang as like a a squire? It's I don't like know, a ward. an assistant person. Was, I think it's like a ward, basically. Yeah. But
0: yeah, he... Uh, yeah, and yang being yang like here's the doorbell isn't even out of bed yet like falls out, up out the front door with a toothbrush in his mouth you know yeah it's just kind of like excuse me who are you <laughs> i'm the guy they sent to live with it did no one tell you about this it's five o'clock in the afternoon sir <laughs> some of us are trying to sleep you're right it is five o'clock in the <laughs> afternoon
2: god <laughs> So uh, we go back to Fazan. Um, I guess both the Free Planet Alliance and the Galactic Empire have ambassadors in Fazan for relation purposes. Um, it's shown that the Free Planet Alliance's ambassador is a huge piece of shit and probably got the position because of bribery or some insider shit. Um, he doesn't do anything. Corruption. His name is Henslow, I think. Um, so Mob Lawyer is talking with him, um, saying that, hey, uh, you guys owe us a lot of money. We uh, may need that money back at some point. And another coup would be really bad for your credit rating. (laughs) Um, And Henslow is just, you know, sweating the entire time because he doesn't know what to do because he's just bad. So Mm -hmm. it's shown that they're going to call on the loans at some point and piss people off.
0: And he's immediately crumpling under pressure. Like, this guy has no resolve nothing he can say he really he, he offers nothing like he is truly terrible mm-hmm. at this position he's just a cheap suit folding as soon as fazan knocks at the door yeah. like,
2: oh, he sucks <laughs> a whole lot um so it's also shown that the uh mob lawyer guy is saying it was talking about yang to uh, henslow and uh, he's kind of planting the seeds that, uh, hey, this Yang guy—he's super smart, and all the people like him, and he's cool. And your government kind of sucks because it's not paying back loans and ignoring. He would be really cool as a leader, right? So, like, he's trying to plant the seeds that you know Yang may be a traitor or something to the high to the High Council and all that.
0: Also yeah, dropped. basically, after after the insinuation of like a second coup would ruin your credit. To the nth degree Because that's the whole thing That's why he's bringing it up He's just like yeah. Oh well you know Coups are really bad For your economics And if it was overthrown again Who knows If the new guys Would be even willing To respect the loans That you took out So uh, Yeah this Yang guy Seems like he'd throw A coup pretty good Huh I <laughs> <laughs>
1: also really like How whenever people Bring up Yang And they make up All of these um, All of these Devious plans That he supposedly has It's very clear They've never met him In person
2: yeah, I they mean, always anybody paint who like met
1: this, would know that he never This cold, calculating, evil persons. but they always describe him as sort of
2: like they, they've they never met him, I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Um. So the next scene is both the gang and Julian meeting the uh, Kalzu. Is that it? Kazulunu? Uh, Kazern. Kez, sure. He's meeting the that guy with his family for dinner. Um. They try to get Julian drunk because he's like 16 or something, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> But, um, well, no, it was like Julian,
0: they were all getting wine, and Julian's like, Well, I can't drink. And he's like, You're like a fucking, like, master sergeant or some shit. Shut the fuck up. Have a beer. I think one of them, uh, (laughs) like, you've killed a hundred
2: people or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You've killed a thousand men. Drink a beer, please. (laughs) So, um, after dinner, Yang and, uh, Kazern, I guess you say his name, uh, were talking about (laughs) Trunet and how they hate them. And Yang is feeling some. There's some guilt in the fact that by doing the right thing he let uh, Trunet come back in the power. He feels he's made a pact with the devil in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that Trunet is only out for his own survival and like everybody back home in the military is getting fed up with him but no one can do anything about it. Um, he, they, never, they also talk about how they know that Trunet is filling in people in the high council and in the government with uh, his own lackeys, like people that will be faithful to him.
0: It- yeah it's given him a real good chance to kind of like stuff the seats and like really set up the you know like ba- basically it's like a supreme court situation imagine if like five judges all vanished at once and one guy got to come in and just assign all of them and did it as fast as possible when would ev- that's that ever happen in real did. life though I know, right? That'd be fucking wacky. But <laughs> regardless.
2: Yeah, so after they talk about that, they do some ribbing at Yang's expense about uh, him being terrible in his love life. Um, they're talking about parenthood, and Yang was saying, like, how he or uh, Kazern is a good uh, father because he has a loving wife and child and everything, and how Yang should get settled down and everything. And Yang just basically throws up his hands and says, Look what I'm doing with Julian. I suck. Why would I ever want to do this? Um <laughs> Because also tells Julian to watch out for Yang because he's absent-minded and kind of a klutz. But.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the main thing he was kind of stressing is just that Yang doesn't realize how high-profile and important he is. So at this point, you know, it's not just in
0: his interest, but everybody else's interest that Yang and is he's, protected. He's, and he specifically states, like, the analogy or the metaphor that he uses is like, hey, so... Uh, you know, uh, we're friends, but I could have poisoned Yang tonight. You know, like, what What would he have done? I don't think he realizes it all. And he's like, Oh, are you telling me to be his taster? He's like, Well, I mean, more than just food <laughs> style. But in, yes, in, in an I'm analogy, basically asking yes. you to be his. Yeah, he's like, Like his taster, but for everything, because Yang's kind of a jackass on occasion. <laughs> like, he's, he's very good at a lot of things and kind of terrible at some others. And I need you to cover his stupid ass.
2: Yeah. Um, we have a couple more scenes. Trinit is talking to one of his lackeys about how Yang is going to be a thorn in their side politically since he's popular and he's necessary. Uh, Rubinsky pretty much has the same argument thing, saying how that, uh, Reinhardt guarantees Yang's safety from the Free Plan Alliance politicians since he's needed. And they neither need to get rid of that aspect of his being around or just get rid of the Free Plan Alliance politicians that would protect him for that. Um, he says that Yang is either going to be purged or become a ruler. Uh, Rabinsky thinks that's one of the two outcomes for him. So uh, there's a couple more scenes. Uh, Kemp is talking about his fortress stuff. They're doing tests on trying to get Geisberg to fly around like a spaceship or something. Um, they, uh, there's a scene of a guy from Fazan. I think it may have been Mob Lawyer, I'm not sure, um, talking to a new person we haven't met yet named Shield. Um, Rumsfield used to be a noble, but now he's been kind of dethroned from politics, seeing how the reformations happened. And, um, Mm -hmm. the mob lawyer is trying to get him politically on his side, though Rumsfield just kind of wants to stay out of it. Well, this is, this is the guy who was on the farm, right? Just in case my no, memory is no. This is okay, one of mind. the nobles, and he's trying okay, to, my memory my laps, trying to appeal me, to him, saying that Ryan was moving too fast with the reforms and that like they're not taking into consideration the nobles' aspects and all that. Mm-hmm. And he wants him to solve it, Ryan politically. It, to me,
0: it, it felt, it, er, it God, it felt, <laughs> which is the past tense of feel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it, it felt like a little bit of the nobles were a little upset emotionally just because of how fast they were kind of slipping from positions of importance and it sounded like they were doing well and were comfortable it's just not you know they weren't in the loop they anymore. were very privileged Yeah, they were unbelievably privileged and they're very upset they're now slightly closer to the middle hmm.
2: so uh we start episode 30 uh, with Hildegard and Muckenberg talking. Muckenberg's the guy with the weird mustache, uh, one of the admirals of Reinhardt. Um, they all call mm-hmm. him the artistic general because I guess he's really into art and stuff. And He actually, always reminds me of Shakespeare.
1: I just always thought of that whenever I see
0: kind
2: of him. I have a Shakespearean I, I think aspect.
0: that's what they were going for. Yeah.
2: yeah. yeah. Um, so they are... Uh, Hildegard called on him for whatever reason to meet up with a relative of Hilda's who was sick and in bed named uh, Kummel, I think. And Kummel is flattering Muckenberg because of his love of art they share, because I guess they used to both be artists or something like that. I don't really know what the point of the scene was other than to introduce Kummel, who really doesn't go anywhere in the series, but...
0: I think it was just... uh, I think it was a characterization for Muckenberg just in general, because they explain like his love of art and then he used to be or you know at least used to be planning on being an artist he went into the military to some capacity but he still like paints all the time he still does a ton of poetry and has won competitions for poetry and stuff and this kid just very much idolized him and in kind of a make a wish style situation like Muckenberg actually like pulls a painting out and is just like Hey, bud. Like, I made this one for you. If you want it, like, it's I'd I'd be glad if you would take it from me. And the kids, like, you know, like, oh my god, I'm like, so excited. So, it seems more like it's a just between this and Oberstein and making sure to talk about his dogs and stuff. <clears throat> it feels like the series is just like taking a quick second to be like, hey, you know, it's easy for us to paint the empire a little too dark, especially when Reinhardt is getting shitty. You know, sometimes <clears throat> in, in his in his mental state. So if Reinhardt's getting a little iffy, it's like, we need to make sure you remember that the Empire's, like, admirals and stuff, these people who seem like they're just, you know, cold-calculating battle masters or whatever. Like, no, no, they're good people. They're good people. Yeah. We want to make sure you know that, like, there are humans on both sides because that adds a lot of weight to the events that happen, particularly the military action, right? Like, yeah. next time we see Muckenberg go into battle, you feel if his life's on more. the line, I'm going to be like... I'm going to be like, no, don't shoot Art John Cena in general, (laughs) please. I love him.
2: John Cena's probably a pretty good artist. I don't know. (laughs) He doesn't have the mustache,
0: though. Even if he wasn't good at it, I bet he would
2: try harder than anybody, and that would kick ass. (laughs) Uh, So we have a quick scene of – so they have Kemp and Muller, I guess, are the two dudes in charge of getting uh, Guysbury into shape. They do some tests. It seems to be working. It's just a quick status update, really. Uh, There's a scene of Reinhardt and Hildegard having tea. Um, Reinhardt is... uh, They're talking about how a nation needs enemies in order to focus its citizens and have stuff. Reinhardt thinks that the enemies are the free planet of Alliance, but Hildegard says that they should be focusing on the Goldblum Dynasty, and the, the only remaining, I don't know, figurehead of that dynasty is the current Kaiser, that kid. Uh, Reinhardt is saying he doesn't want to be a child murderer, but knows that that is going to be a problem in the future if they don't deal with it somehow. Um, then we get the information, this is going to take the next couple episodes, that Yang is being called back yeah. to Heinason for an inquiry into his role during the coup rebellion put-down, or whatever you want to call yeah.
0: it. Yeah. They're basically taking him to like a war tribunal and trying to like roast him for... Uh, to try to try and, like, make him crack for some reason or another, and they mentioned it earlier when, I think it was when the Fazan representative was talking to him and trying to, like, explain the situation and how they felt Yang was. They brought up, like, you know, it's weird, he only really needed to destroy, like, two orbs of the Artemis necklace, but he kind of took the whole thing out, and that wasn't really necessary. He kind of attacked more military infrastructure on Heisenberg, perhaps so that when he does his second coup, it'll be easier down the road. So that was the like initial seed that Fazan planted and that's where this whole hearing is going to start off. Yeah.
2: When they get when Ryan or sorry, when Yang gets this stuff and shows it to everybody else on Islamore Fortress, they all know it's BS. Like they can all tell, but like Yang doesn't have a choice, he has to go. So he gives control of the fortress to Kazern and everybody else there and heads off on the little space cruiser back to the, the uh, back to Hyacinth to go do the inquiry stuff. Um, Rubinsky is been, was also a form of this inquiry, seeing how he kind of set the whole thing up, it's implied, because um, that was one of the parts of his plan to get Yang off of the fortress. Um, during his trip home, Yang has some inner monologues. He ponders on the uh, free plan of alliance's leadership and how uh, it, them ignoring certain aspects of the law slackens the society, like the fact that they're calling him back, even though they know it's BS, they're doing it anyway. Um, when he's going back, uh, Shenkopp assigns a new, uh, lackey with both him and Frederica, uh, name of Louis Mashengo. Yeah. Mashengo's is um, awesome. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Um, so he's kind of b- the bodyguard for the two of them as they go back. Cause Sh- Shenkop, being a smart guy realizes they may be in some trouble as they go back. Um, Shenkopp and Julia this is a funny scene of Julian, I guess at the firing range and Shenkop's is chilling with them. They're talking about it. They all know that everybody knows at this point that Frederica has feelings for Yang, and they're asking if Yang was into her. Um, Julian pretty much straight up says that Yang's a fucking idiot, and he'll never notice unless it's explicitly stated for him. <laughs> hmm. Um, let's see what else happens this episode. Uh, Kemp? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, so Kempf who's a been meeting shown a his-
1: meeting with his family and kids that absolutely does not look like I'm about to die, sort of a situation.
0: <laughs> oh god, right. Yeah, yeah isn't like he like just
1: like to- saying goodbye to him and shit? It's like like like- I, I, my memory is entirely blank about Kempf, but I saw that scene and I was like, oh, he's gonna die. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, don't have to worry too much about learning yeah. about him, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if he's going to die immediately, but it's shown that Kemp is a big square. He's very formal by the rules, uh, that it's, sort of it's stuff. It's funny. Mm-hmm. The way he's designed and he looks, um, you know, inside of
1: Berserk, um, the priest or whatever guy. God, what's his name? Mosgus? Oh, yeah. He really reminds me of him, just how weird his face and everything is. He has a and
2: square is. butt chin going on. Yeah.
1: Just, so, like, yeah. that's not a regular human being.
2: <laughs> but anyway. So um, there's more scenes of Rubinsky's mob lawyer talking to people. So it's obvious at this point that Rubinsky has some sort of plan he's going to try to do. He's already talked to the noble guy, Remschild, in the previous episode. Now he's talking to a guy named, uh, what is it, Schumanner, who used to be a former captain in the uh, Galactic Empire army. He was a noble and got uh, demoted from nobleness and now he just works on a farm. He's trying to live a quiet life. But uh, the mob lawyer is talking to him, uh, trying to get him on board with whatever their scheming plans are. Uh, He also uh, recruits a guy by the name of Landsberg who used to be a noble and like a political player. He's also like, I guess, a writer or something. They have a shady meetup with the... law. Lo- it's really funny because these two guys meet up in like a basement that's all dark and they like shake hands and the mob lawyers in the back just grinning. Yeah. It's very shady. I-, I think it's funny
1: because they're both former nobility, but it's like Landsberg is very much the um, the hoity-toity noble sort of guy. Whereas yeah. the other fellow whose name I'm blanking on... Uh, Schumanner. Yeah, Schumanner. He was the Schumacher? guy like you have here in your notes. He was the
2: guy that Flegel was about to shoot in the back.
1: On yeah. his ship. to mm-hmm. reminds
2: me a lot of yeah. Admire in a way. They both kind of have that. Uh, yeah, it's like the guy is a noble, but he
1: doesn't seem to. F- or at least he was, but he didn't seem to flaunt it or anything yeah, like you that. Like, his like head uh, up his when the guy found him, he was working on a farm, which, you know, yeah. a blue blood would not be doing field work.
0: So. Yeah. He was very much a down to earth person mm-hmm. who just happened to be nobility, it seemed like. Again, like another. I guess another quick reminder by the series of just like. Yes, a lot of the nobles were lazy and kind of, you know, I don't know, lived high on the hog for too long. But, you know, this guy just happened to be born noble. You know, not every noble is inherently shitty.
2: (laughs) So the last scene of this episode is all the high uh, admirals and Reinhardt and everyone um, going to watch the first test of the guys' warping, because that, I guess, is the big thing, whether or not the plan's going to work.
0: Yeah, and they say it's been... It's been at least a couple months, right, yeah, since been they started on it the plan for a while,
2: yeah, um, they have Mit all talking about Shaft's plan, whether or not they're gonna think it's gonna work, but they said that Ryan's changed since Kilkie has died. He seems laser focused on getting his government working and getting back at the free Planet Alliance. um There's a flashback of the two of them meeting uh Reinhardt when he was younger, much younger before the events of the series and they were wondering if he was a wolf in sheep's clothing or the other way around, and they all kind of agreed that this guy is going to go places. Um, they watched the warp test happen. Geisenberg Fortress does, in fact, warp correctly, and so this is going to be good because they can use it against Iselhorn. Um, mm-hmm. It shows that uh, the narrator goes on to say that uh, you know, right as they plan on starting to go towards Iselhorn, Yang is leaving that at the same time. And there's a scene at the end of Reinhardt going into Geisenberg Fortress to the room where Kilkeis died and grieving there. Mm hmm. Uh, so ep- and yeah. Episode. Th- then we. Oh. Yeah, 31. Yep. 31 starts off, uh, <laughs> like, right. There's no credits on it. And it starts off with a quote that is, like, amazingly, uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll read it for you. Um, he's, he appears to be writing, like, in a diary or his memoirs or something while on um, traveling back to Heisenberg. and uh, Heinesen, sorry, I should say. And uh, he, the quote is, The nation that neglects social inequalities mischievously increases military budgets and uses its power internally to suppress the citizens on the pretext of an invasion by an external enemy is on the road to extinction, such as the present state of our nation. And I don't why see... does that
0: have to be an evergreen statement? Is the thing that I'm kind of like thinking about right now. Is like, why does that have to be an evergreen post? Why did Yang have to write an evergreen post that happens to be the heaviest evergreen post yeah. <laughs> of all time, <laughs> forever true? Damn it! Why is this forever true? This sucks. ass <laughs> Yeah, and
2: while he's ta- while he's musing over this, you know, the uh, what's happening with his government, he's kind of disappointed and also upset that Reinhardt's. Well, totalitarian authoritative government is working better for its citizens than the freely elected quote Free Planet Alliance one. Mm-hmm. Um, there is a uh, Frederica walks into his uh, cabin or whatever, and they she says that they started in range of getting TV shows from he- Heisen now. Um, they start watching some just general TV, and they start notice that there is a lot of political influences in the media. There is a uh, kind of looks like a shakespearean sort of play going on on the tv but like it's very obvious that the two factions in the play are supposed to be representative of the free planet alliance and the galactic empire and it's portrayed as the galactic empire version being better so he's wondering how this sort of influence is happening in the media and it turns out that some of the sponsors of that show happen to be from fazant and so that mm. may have been creeping into the uh, television
0: yeah, and so there's an understanding of like, ah, uh, right, Fazan would in fact want forever war, huh? Yeah, because if like they happen to reach if they reach peace, then Fazan has no influence. Of course, I don't think Yang manages to take it the full length of like you know, oh, they're going to have the Galactic Empire win, and then you know, yeah, get, yeah, he doesn't know that. But he, I think the, he he's, actually, he's not like he's suspicious he doesn't have about that Fizzen, level though. of foresight. Yeah, I think he yeah, actually but says to so
2: Frederick that if. Glock Empire and the Free Plan Alliance ever come to a peace agreement? Fazan is useless; like it's going to be a backwater. Mm-hmm. But um, they land on Heinisen, and the security guy—I think it's like a, the security head of the uh, High Council—is a guy named Bay. I think um, they meet Yan at the Emperor Airport, and they take just him away. So they leave Mashengo and Frederica at the airport by themselves.
0: And they very clearly are like, no, 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 just him, just him, no one else. And like, they they all kind of know what's up. And Yang's just kind of looking back and he's like, guys, we don't have a choice.
1: (laughs) I got to go do this. Yeah, it's like, they don't outright say it, but he pretty much throws around his weight almost like military police. It's kind of like, you know, there's several times in these next few episodes where, you know, Yang should be able to say, fuck you, I'm higher ranking, but it usually boils down to, no, you're doing what we
2: say. Yeah. So they kind of take him to what is essentially a prison. It's like a hotel room or something, but like there's guards outside the door. The windows are barred. He can't get out. Um, mm-hmm. Frederick and Mashenko, meanwhile, don't know where he's gone, so they start the process of trying to figure that out. And they go looking around for him. Um, Yang is then at... Uh, this point brought into the ne- uh, inquiry itself of national defense guy, um, the secretary of defense. I believe his name is Neg- Negroponte. Negroponte. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, yeah a, go- that's right. a goofy little name. Yeah, it's a weird name. Mm-hmm. This guy, uh, by the way, is a huge stuck-up jackass. Um, he, his, like you can tell his position. Like he's not. He's in his position because he had connections, not because he was appointed there based on merit.
0: And he's very defensive
2: about it. Yes. As soon as it is called into question, he
0: immediately is like, hey, fuck you. Hey, do you know who I am? You know, like every, he pulls the do
2: you know who I am card all the yeah. time. And it's also kind of obvious that he is politically running in Trunit's camp and running the fence for him in a way. Um, so the inquiry starts up in proper. Um, they do a quick backstory on Yang's uh, history, um, he uh, he is the son of a. His father was a trader, and his mother died when he was five, so he never really knew his mother. Um, his father brought him around a lot as a trader, and later on died um, doing that. He went into uh, the Free Plan Alliance. I guess like, art. It wasn't like an ROTC well, they, thing, but like he went into the college as a history po- major. They
0: were pointing out that yeah, like his economic status sucked. Like yeah, his mom died very early. His father was a trade a trader, right? Yeah. It was a trader, not a trade <laughs> traitor. Trader, yeah, yeah, like to
2: be cl- peddling goods as in on the road. yeah. Peddling goods and services. <laughs> he was a, yeah, he was it, a very it, average trader yeah it feels
0: like it's very important to point out traitor like joe not like benedict like on the in this show in particular his dad was not a turncoat his dad just you know sold coats. sold like cool, cool rocks and shit yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh but yeah no and so his economic situation sucked and then his uh, dad died uh like right after he
2: went into college if i remember correctly something like that yeah uh, and- um, and
0: that kind of sealed the deal on him needing to get the GI Bill yeah. and to pay for everything.
2: He wanted you know? to be a history major, but later on, due to like draft stuff or something, he switched to strategic studies, uh, which I guess is like the general training or something. Um, and it's also noted that he had mediocre grades all the way through, like, he wasn't particularly good academically. Um or it was like he had really good grades in the history classes but as
0: soon as it was anything to do with military his grade just plummeted yeah. basically it was like it was like weird you got uh 100 100 110 somehow in history and then you got a, a uh you, you got a 61.1 which is the exact minimum for passing that's kind of impressive actually that's <laughs>
2: that's some, some well calculated economic laziness <laughs> we've all been there uh, <laughs> so Negroponte starts asking him the thing that uh, was kind of insinuated with uh, the mob lawyer talking to the ambassador about the Artemis necklaces they ask him um, why he destroyed all 12 of them couldn't he have done it with one or two and just landed his ships Yang replies that uh, he would have been attacked by the remaining satellites if that had happened and he valued his soldiers lives more than the you know satellite, or he Value the soldiers' lives more than the satellites. I almost said that backwards. More than the wartime infrastructure yeah.
0: is really what it is. And that that makes a couple of the people on the board mad for some reason. Yes. Like, they, they're actually like, they're like, oh, you know how expensive that shit is? And he's like, do you know how expensive human lives are, you fucking creeps? Like, yeah. No,
2: he, like, straight up shames them saying, like, why would you not value your s- soldiers' lives more than this, you know, satellite that chills up up there with no one on it? Mm-hmm. Um. The Negroponte then asks, why didn't you just surround the planet and lay siege? Uh, Yang says that the coup force may have taken you hostage, um, and that if they had tried to negotiate with a gun to your head, what would I have done? And this kind of takes the council back a bit because they didn't realize that he was trying to do it for them, quote. Uh, Mm -hmm. Also, he said that there was a time limit with how Reinhardt was finishing up his Galactic War, or Civil War, in the Galactic Empire, and that he didn't want Mm -hmm. all the fleet ships to be... Out of Iselhorn when that happened
0: um, yeah kind of mentioning he's like i'm pretty sure reinhardt's gonna attack sometime soon like he puts it on the table just like as soon as he's wrapped up with his shit he's coming back for Islehorn.
2: like he will be back yeah um the secretary then asked uh before fighting the coup forces you spoke to the troops saying that uh the fate of the nations and etc were of no amount when compared to the individual rights and freedoms of a person uh yang said that he did say something like that and that individuals make up a nation not the other way around uh the secretary yeah,
0: basically saying that like the, if the people do not have a freedom then is it really a nation at all yeah. like that kind of concept of like you know it, it's not the government it's not the systems it's not the books that are in place the books that are in place allow the people to know how their la- their nation lies and like what the concepts are and values things like that yeah
2: Yeah, and then the secretary brings up the fact that no one can live alone, nations must hold some value to the people and Yang says that people may need societies but not necessarily nations The defense guy then makes a joke to say say something effective um, I didn't know you were such an anarchist and Yang says I didn't know I was a vegetarian either until I saw meat in front of me so that uh, makes uh, (laughs) Negroponte kind of upset (laughs) because Yang is just dancing around him at this point
0: Um, yeah just kind of like i didn't know you were against government well
2: i you know only trash (laughs) trash ass
0: government fucking shit
2: (laughs) it's at this point that uh juan lewis which was introduced back in like episode 12 or something as i think it was the treasury secretary he's hanging out up there in the council. he recommends that they take a break and i also need to point out real quick that the subtitler spelt his name completely different the second time they introduced him oh did they yes it's Juan Lewis in the first one, and it's Huang Lui in the second one.
0: Good. <laughs> I, always, I always remember uh, Huang Lui. But that was the guy who was like legitimately anti-war. Correct? Yes, he was, like, he was yeah, the yeah. one that was yeah. actually against like the war plan on like Trunit, who you know was doing it for yeah him you know, and Leblow, for the were media, in the same basically. camp. were anti-war. So when he's calling for a break, to like you see him occasionally just kind of like look down at Yang and just kind of like give him a little wink, you know, or like equivalent. Yeah, you know, they, they, there's an implied. There's an implied animationless wink between these two men. Well, it's just <laughs> and, implied uh, that they know
2: that they both know that the position that Yang is in is bullshit. And
0: yeah, so, and that he's like trying to make it a little easier when he can, you know. Yeah. So basically, Yang, you've got one dude on your side. Like you ain't completely alone in this dog. I got, I got you.
2: So uh, Frederico's still looking around. Frederica and Mishenko are still looking around for where Yang is. Um, they find I think Bay just randomly on the street or something. Um, they ask where he is. Bay says it's national security. I can't tell you all that stuff. Frederica says she'll go to the press and tell them that Yang is being held hostage by his own military. Uh, Bay says that she would get court-martialed for doing such a thing. And then Frederica pulls not pulls rank but pulls uh, book procedure and tells them that like yeah that's not true. You can't do that to me. Uh, Bay is upset by this and just leaves. Uh, yeah
0: and uh, the other thing he brings up though is he's like you know there's literally no media that will pick this up like you realize how how many hands are in how many pies here right like yeah. you're not going to get anyone yeah, to it report that. that and even if you did that would be leaking military secrets blah, blah 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 and that's when she's like well that military secret leak part is actually a whole load of horse shit and i'm sure someone would pick it up and it's like no,
2: <laughs> no, though. Yeah, so they go to Bukhov because they know that he is a friend of Yang and knows stuff. Uh, Bay at this point is reporting to TruNet saying that hey, they're going to Bukok. <laughs> Uh so they put some people on their tail to like yeah, you know, watch them. Uh, back in the inquiry, I guess they're starting up their session again. Uh, Negroponte asks um, about Frederica herself, saying that she was the daughter of you know the senior Arthur greenhorn i think his name was yeah the senior dude who was yeah, the, the, the guy dude. who was yeah.
0: the one co- the one competent military man yeah. during the coup was you know her dad and yeah they just ask like hey you know he was part of the coup do you think it's you know wise to have her as your second in command well, though, it does wasn't that. you like, know like, it's kind
2: it. of weird how you would hold you know his daughter who was part of the father was part of the coup and now you're with his daughter he's sure you're not in cahoots with them um, you know and
0: he basically just straight up says like does the since when does the crime of a parent pass on to their child yeah. like that's not how any of our government works
2: we worked pretty hard to make sure that you don't do that shit actually yeah <laughs> and yang actually turns on the guy he starts he says that uh negroponte is making baseless accusations about her loyalty he says that Frederick is talented and that he's just very important to the war effort and by putting suspicion on her it's taking away the military's func- ability to function correctly um we go back to frederica who can't find bucock um they get a random help from a dude like they're in so they go to i guess it's like the military i don't know like their main base it's like the pentagon equivalent i guess where everybody hangs out in the military and they're trying mm. to find bucock and they say bucock's left for the day he who knows where he is some dude in the lobby says, oh, yeah, he's downstairs in the parking garage or whatever. Uh, so they go yeah, running cause after him. Yeah, because they're looking him.
0: for Bucock. Yeah, and it is the most obvious trap maybe in history because, yeah, he just walks in. He's like, oh, you're looking for Bucock? Weird. I just happen to also be here and know exactly where he is. He's in this parking garage. There won't be any cars or lights. <laughs> Don't worry about it. He likes it. So, <laughs> That's how Bukok, like, you know, old man and his whiskey in the dark parking garage. It's his favorite shit.
2: <laughs> he loves it. Yeah, so the PKC show up, the nationalist assholes. Um, They try to beat up Mashenko and Frederica. Mashenko actually kicks several of their asses before eventually getting overwhelmed by their numbers. Um, They are saved at the last moment when Bukok and a bunch of his buddies, I guess, show up, I guess, going to their car. and so they're very happy yeah, they managed to
0: choose the one part they managed to choose the one part of the parking garage where Bucock was actually going to be, which <laughs> yeah. is probably bad logistics on their part, <laughs> honestly, like that's pretty incompetent. It seems like you would guide them
2: specifically to where he ain't yeah. <laughs> like as much as possible um so it's noted as the p k c run away, one of them like drops their face mask hat things. And when, I think it was Frederica picks it up, in the inside is the slogan for the Earth Church. Yeah, so, it, Machingo, yeah it says like...
1: It says like the himself. blood
2: off his face. He's like, the fuck is this? Yeah, it says like, Tara is my only mother or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. yeah it- um, Frederica talks to Bu- Bucock in like his apartment or something. Uh, Bukok is saying the military is kind of dividing the two camps at this point. There are those who are falling into under Trunet's... Uh, you know, earth church, PKC sort of hold. And there are those like Bukok who think independent military is the most important thing. Um, Bukok also knows that this room is bugged. Like they, they know, he knows that, uh, Trunin is listening in on what he's saying since he's such an important guy, but he says it doesn't matter at this point because his views have been very public and open for a while. Um, mm-hmm. Bukok thinks that some shit's got to go down in their government in the future worse than the coup happening. Um, he thinks that Trunit and the PKC may try to make their move and take over more power um, Yang back in the inquiry is kind of making a joke of Negroponte because Negroponte really is doing nothing else but being an asshole um, the entire council is in disarray because some of the people think Yang is being rude and everything other people are thinking other people on the council like that uh, Lewis guy think that the whole thing's just a sham anyway and they, they can't believe they're wasting their time um mm-hmm. They bring Yang back to his hotel room, and Yang is starting to get really fed up with how they are jerking him around. Um, they keep calling him into inquiries at like weird times in the morning for stupid questions yeah. that don't matter. It, it's like torture tactics, basically. Yeah.
0: Like they're trying to do like some, you know, it, it's like Guantanamo like they're trying Bay bullshit. To get him
2: to quit, and at this point, Yang yeah, is reaching the end of
0: his rope. Yeah, they're either trying to get him to leave or say something that insinuates himself to a further degree so that they can, like, actually start grilling him, like, for real style.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, they're clearly just trying to make him break. So, yeah, it's just like, you know, imagine if you were stuck in a solitary, you know, it's basically they're putting, they're keeping him in solitary confinement without anything to do. No books, no nothing. Uh, they won't let him leave. And just, yeah, at random times, it'll be like 4 a.m. and they're like, Meeting Time, bitch. And it's just like, oh my God. And then they're like, okay, 8 p.m. Meeting Time, bitch. Like, they keep pulling him out at random times to try and get him, you know, either sleep deprived or just like catch him off guard. just pissing him off, really. Something like that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, they're trying to get him to crack. And he sits down in his hotel room and starts penning his resignation notice um, because he's getting fed up. And the last thing mm-hmm. in episode 31 is, I guess there's a Free Planet Alliance ship just chilling someplace near Iselhorn, and they uh, see Geisenberg Fortress just kind of warp out of nowhere. And they huh, all weird. freak there's the hell out. weird. There's a huge orb. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because they're, like, reading it, and they're like,
0: Hmm, Wow! Whoa! We got some importing teleports. Uh-oh! This is really big. Wait, what? No, that can't be right. Okay, check the instruments. Nothing that big can warp. <laughs> He's yeah. just like, that's ridiculous. That can't be right. Yeah, just look that up again.
1: Whenever something warps in, there's like this gigantic blast or ripple effect, so to speak. When it scales up the size of something that's like a small planet, well,
0: <laughs> yeah, basically, there's like an actual risk of like telefragging, basically, <laughs> and. This orb is about to telefrag yeah, like a planet-sized area. Mm-hmm. So they're just like, oh, shit, oh, shit, get everyone <laughs> I've out of it. Never seen oh, that fuck. before, time to go.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, episode 32 starts off with uh, everybody on Isla Horns, those like Kalzu, or uh, Mercats, Shenkop, uh, all of them. They are trying to figure out what's happening with this fortress that just warped on in. Um, they think the Galactic Empire is going to use it as a base of operations, because it makes sense. It's a big armed fortress, and it has ships inside of it. Um, I guess Mercat's never signed an NDA about his previous employer, so he spills beans <laughs> on the fortress. Yeah, because they're, also... like, they're just like because
1: they're just like Mercat's. This pains me to do it, but I don't have to ask you to, 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 to tell me some secrets about the base. Yeah, sure. What do you want to know?
2: Yeah, Mercat. Yeah,
1: is on it's the great. It,
0: yeah, he's like fuck it, man. I'm on your side now. I don't give a shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. sure. Here you go. Here's everything. Like talk about though, the most big and direct payoff possible for trusting somebody is just like. Oh my God! Oh no, Death Orb Planet! Uh, oh, <laughs> hey, do you remember how Death Orb Planet works? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! No man, yeah no, I remember everything about I Death Orb Planet. I stayed there for like yeah, three no weeks, dude. Yeah, I love Death Orb Planet. You can't blow like, it up. I <laughs> the pool's have some amazing. In there. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like, yeah, wait, wait, before we blow it up, I gotta get my iPod. There were some hot summer jams <laughs> on there. I really need those.
2: <laughs> So, um, I had the new Wilco. <laughs> I
0: was excited.
2: They're uh, sitting out trying to figure out what to do. They realize that Yang is still at Hinesan and that this orb has a lot of troops on it, f- feasibly. Yeah, and they um, say they, like it's a four-week trip back. So yeah.
1: that, that was about the ballpark range they gave. So even if Yang got freed right then and there, they'd have to hold
2: out on their own for a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, and they come up with the idea that knows that, so they know that Yang is not there, but the Galactic Empire does not. So they have to start pretending like they are Yang for enough time to get Yang back in order to help them. And they also start evacuating uh, civilians off of uh, Iselhorn just because. Mm-hmm. Um, back in Heineson, um, they keep calling Yang into these stupid inquiries. They're really pissed off about it. Um there is a scene of uh, Leblo Bucock, and Frederica talking about how the mass media is being influenced by Trunet. I guess he owns a lot of uh, stations or yeah, controls a were, lot of stations. They were pointing
0: out just they, they were pointing out the truth of the matter of someone saying like, "Oh, no one would ever pick up this story," and just being like, "Yeah, sadly, that's true.
2: Like that yeah, is unfortunately true, true right now." Example about where some new station. Uh, figured out that although everybody was being drafted into the military equally, like people that were sons and daughters of politicians were not going in equal numbers to the front lines. And not only that after that news story get published that no one thought it was credible, the people who published it were uh, attacked by the police and the PKC. So there was definite mm-hmm. like state media stuff going on. And uh, this was shocking to both Frederica and Bukok. They did not know about this. And I guess Leblo only knew because he's on the High Council. Um in addition to all of the stuff that's going on uh with regard to the state media things uh it has come out that i guess someone put in a piece in a tablet that says that frederica and yang are an item and that's upsetting to frederica and i doubt that yang knows at that point but it's probably just to discredit him at this point
0: yeah they're trying to they're trying to pull the attach him to a traitor angle is what they're trying to do it's it's more media manipulation yeah Yeah.
2: So um, back in the inquiry, uh, Negroponte is saying the fact that uh, war is actually good. It promotes growth um, technologically and economically. Uh, Peace has stagnation and complacency in the military, et cetera. is countering that the view is only for people who don't die on the front lines. And he's saying that uh, it's the people in power that avoid the war that he hates the most. Uh, negro is getting real angry about this and it's going to it seems like yang is going to actually ho- offer his resignation right there
0: yeah he starts being like oh yeah i got one more thing for you motherfuckers and like starts reaching into his pocket that has his two-week resignation and then someone just like bursts in the door and is like wait <laughs> wait not yet we need you at isle horn right now man like we need you right now there's gonna be a big old problem <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah so and yang was sort of
1: like shit that would have been really dramatic it would have been perfect
2: <laughs> Yeah, he was upset he didn't get the resign. Like, he was ready to make a big scene and everything. I had a perfect
1: but... one-liner ready. Fuck!
2: So the quarry <laughs> goes behind doors real quick for a sidebar. Uh, they realize that Yang needs to go out there and save their sorry asses, but none of them like it because they all know, well, most of the people on the council anyway, know that Yang is kind of a sword and thought in the side of Trunit. They but, basically uh... know that mm-hmm. um,
1: even though they need Yang, they're going to basically they have a chance of losing their job and future career if they you know don't come out on top of this thing like Tunic yeah. wanted them to and then
0: well, yeah. one of the dudes and I can't remember if he was the dude who was like supporting Yang I'm guessing it was, uh, it was just, just based yeah, it just like straight up when they're all talking and they're like oh no do we save yet what if we lose our jobs and he's just kind of like man we fucking suck at our jobs dude <laughs> yeah. like, we're terrible yeah, it's like, so look this
1: is pretty shitty guys yeah so he's like,
0: we're literally just we're just literally been fucking this dude up for three weeks that's all we've been doing what do you mean our
2: jobs fuck our jobs we don't
0: deserve yeah him. they say that so <laughs>
2: they uh go back inside they tell yang hey uh Islehorn's under attack can you go save us Yang's like wow it'd be real nice if i was there right now saving <laughs> us instead of here at this dumb inquiry but i'll do it and they're all and he's really like are you, you know, ordering hey, me by to go way- do it or i thought yeah. we were in the middle yeah.
1: of something <laughs>
0: And, yeah, he, even when he's back, he's like, oh, yeah, by the way, any lives lost or, like, extra infrastructure damage that happens due to me not being on the front lines? I'm going to have to come back and have an inquiry with you boys when I'm back. So, catch you later. And he just, like, walks away. Yeah. It's so
2: good. Yeah, and it's at that point where the the, the, count, the inquiry like knows that they're in trouble because they've been being dicks. And that's when uh, Huey Lyon says the effect of uh, politicians are parasites. We don't do anything productive for our nation.
1: Yeah, so he's pretty mm-hmm. much saying, you know... Like what Ty was saying, if something bad happens or whatever happens following this, there has to be a question where people are gonna say, Okay, why this happen? Oh well the commander wasn't inside Isarloan. Where was he? Oh he was undergoing some sort of a some sort of a tribunal thing over here four weeks away. Why was he there and off the front line? I don't know.
2: Yeah, so Negroponti realizes he may have to resign at some point mm-hmm. because of what he's been doing. Um so, yeah, back at Elzelhorn, they're trying to figure out how they're going to hold out for four weeks, uh, pretending that Yang is there. Um, there is a scene... Oh, yeah, there's a scene of Yang after he's released, he t- eats a quick dinner uh, with Frederica, Mashenko. Yeah, Bukh, they just go to, like, a they Lovell, go to, like, right? a Denny's or something. Yeah. Lebelo is saying that the conditions on the Free Planet Alliance are now starting to mimic those that happened uh, when the Goldblum Dynasty came into power 300 years ago. Yeah. Um, they're saying that Goldblum used to be. Gold, or there's, Leblo is kind of concerned for Yang because, like, Yang is the analogous to Goldblum in this situation. Like, he was a. He's kind of saying, of like, you know, like emperor.
0: Yeah, he's was- like emperors don't start evil. Emperors start beloved by their people. You know, like you can't have that kind of thing happen. You can't become a dictator in that form without <laughs> you know some support. But without I don't want to be a dictator.
1: Ideas. You never know, man. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's just kind of like worried. He's like, if Yang does take power, how long until he slips into. You know, being a
2: real piece of shit—it's like becoming a <laughs> vampire or something. I don't know. You get a taste for the blood. Yeah, yeah I think Lovelot's concerned <laughs> that Yang, seeing the his nation is in trouble, may try to correct it, much like Goldblum did, and in process of doing that, take it over and lead it. Yeah, yeah. and that's also
1: kind of how it's inferred what um, uh, Greenfield did when the coup t- kicked off. He pretty yeah, much similar jumped yeah. up at the front because he's like, oh, nobody here knows what they're doing. <laughs>
2: So mm-hmm. during their Denny's meeting, uh, um, Negroponte goes back to Trunet. Trunet's real pissed off at him now. He's like, you're going to have to resign. But also, you're going to have to tell Yang not to talk to the media about this because if this comes back to me, you're a deep shit. So Negroponte goes and waits for him outside the Denny, <laughs> and grovels on the sidewalk. He in the Denny's parking lot. Please don't tell anyone about this. <laughs>
0: Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, we cut back to Israel and
2: Fortress, uh, and... Kempf calls uh, the, up the... Uh, yeah, Kemp calls up Islehorn, and basically says, good luck, have fun. <laughs> yeah, and he base The other thing,
0: too, one thing they, they clearly point out is... Uh, Shankop mentions it directly, but they're just, like, specifically not responding to any of his video calls. Because yeah. they know they'll want to see yang yeah they don't want they the might actually room. <laughs> be using this to try and expose the fact that yang isn't here yeah so he even says like kemp's like oh they didn't answer that's too fucking dang, bad dang i yeah, want to meet him? him oh well He's it's, like, yeah, it's really, it's really
1: interesting because everybody on the on the empire side they're all they have to beat yang but they all secretly want to meet him just because of how yeah, how, well, pres- how highly claimed he is of you know being so skilled it's like, he's going to mm-hmm. probably beat me into the dirt, but I really want to shake his hand or at least see his face.
0: I don't know. As someone who recently started going to fighting game tournaments, I understand this <laughs> feeling entirely. <laughs> like, that guy's going to kill make it me. Too I might as well Thank learn. You. Yeah, I'm going to try not to be too embarrassed. I'm trying to learn.
1: <laughs> My mom's watching. Um,
0: but then this episode uh, leaves on maybe the meanest shit of all in history, mm-hmm. in which it shows, like, you know, Izzerlone has never actually been broken before because it's got that reflective shell, but uh, no one's ever fired another goddamn fortress at it. And this is an x-ray laser? Like, it's some kind of, like, ultimate x-ray laser that just, like, fuck, man, we don't know. Maybe this will crack Izzerlone. And then the narrator's like, up until now, everyone thought Izzerlone was an invulnerable fortress. Well, guess what, my dudes? Until now.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, we got a freeze frame of firing the laser, so. It was a really perfect ending spot.
0: yup that's me (laughs) just like freeze frame on a laser coming in on a base oh it sucked and that was of course our last episode for the week (laughs) son of a bitch so the last thing we saw is you know like three quarters of the cast of on the free planet alliance side about to maybe be lit the fuck up so (laughs) not great not a great ending for for us
2: (laughs) This 500 feet of liquid mercury stop a one what is it like megawatt laser X ray
1: laser? Who knows? A, now a I'm just imagining that is like shell is going to get
0: cracked. Open, uh, maybe I'm imagining that as, like a YouTube clickbait thumbnail, <laughs> just like some guy with like a big face, like looking shocked
2: at like an X ray laser firing at something. Just like what the? I could see some Eastern European country guy try to recreate that with some like Uber broken driver, like hostile X ray shit. <laughs>
0: Alright, well that'll do it for this week of Podcasts of the Galactic Heroes. Thank you for hanging out again, Uh, and if you aren't already uh, subscribed on uh, iTunes or Google Play or whatever you're doing, feel free to do that, that'd be awesome. Uh, And if you uh, liked it a bunch, feel free to write a review. I don't really understand how these charts work, but I saw one of them, we were in the top 100 of some kind of category, so that's cool, thanks, I guess. top 100 uh, you podcasts know, making fun of legend of the galactic heroes <laughs> <laughs> take that I number think, 101 i think we're at least top three in legend <laughs> of the galactic <laughs> heroes related podcasts all right well till next time space anime